It's time for Convos with the Cats, the official podcast of Abilene Christian Athletics. Touchdown, ACU! On the warning track, he'll make the catch. The Southland Conference Championship is on its way to Abilene, Texas. Goes down court, it's intercepted. Down goes Texas! Late game heroics for the Wildcats, and he is fired up. This is Convos with the Cats. Hello and welcome into another edition of Convos with the Cats, driven by Texas Ford dealers. I'm Jordan Herod, and my guests today are Director of Tennis Juan Nunez and Head Golf Coach Tom Shaw. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. In case you've uh, been living under a rock, the ACU men's tennis team won ACU's first ever WAC title in the final week of April, and a week later, the men's golf team followed suit. And uh, I was the only staff member lucky enough to uh, get to be at both of those championship events, so uh, I'm very excited to talk some championships with you guys. But before we get into the championship portion of it, I want to I back up and talk about kind of the beginning of the season um, Juan, you guys started out 0-6, nationally ranked opponent after nationally ranked opponent, Baylor, Oklahoma, TCU. Um, knowing the talent that you had on your team, what was it that flipped for you guys that allowed you to finish 13-5 and down the stretch, win the conference, and, and make a regional? I think starting with those matches, um, facing those type of opponents, it, it's um, it, you got to be careful, of course, because you can – also, if they start looking at records, oh my goodness, we started 0 and 7 and all that kind of stuff. But um, understanding what you're getting out of it um, every single match and and what we're what we're trying to accomplish with it, and 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 I think keeping that in mind and reminding the guys what we're trying to do constantly after some of those losses or, or, or whatnot that that was that was important. But then. Um, at the end of that stretch, we had a tournament in Corpus uh, where it's a mid-major tournament, and, and that was kind of the goal of, of we're gonna we're gonna have that really tough stretch at the beginning, and then um, we're gonna head over to Corpus and really kind of challenge ourselves and measure ourselves with teams that are closer to what we're gonna be competing down the stretch uh, in in our conference and. Uh, we actually happened to play NMSU in that tournament as well, um, which which made it kind of tough because then by the time we got to conference and we faced them in the in the semifinals, that was the third time we played them in in the season, and and it's tough to beat anybody three three times in a year, you know. So, uh, but I think that tournament in Corpus um, felt really really good as far as I think the guys really realized okay. Once we get to this, we really have the team and the roster and the talent to compete against anybody that is in that range, right? And then uh, followed by UTSA coming here. And UTSA is an incredible team. They, they've been doing really, really good things from the mid-major standpoint the last probably two, three years, uh, achieving some high rankings and all that stuff. And for us to host them, and we were – you know, points away from from the upset, losing four three to them, going to rise and competing really good to them against them, hosting UTA UT Arlington, and we we actually beat them for the first time in program history. So after losing to them seven zero last year, 
Um, I think that's where the team started. That stretch between mid-February to mid-March before we started conference, those four or five matches that I just mentioned were huge just because at the Corpus tournament, we beat Corpus, which we lost to them 6-1 last year. And and then uh, we beat NMSU. And then we come home and we beat UTA after losing 7-0 to them last year. We lose 4-3 to UTSA after losing 7-0 to them last year. So I think that's where the team just kind of, everybody on the team kind of relaxed and said, okay, we do belong in this level. We were just playing Baylor, TCU, SME, or um, Tech. We did play Boise and we played them really close, lost 4-3 to them. But we play OU in that stretch as well. So, I mean, it, it was a it was a pretty tough stretch, but I think it actually ended up helping us in the long run. Tom, I want to shift over to you. You guys, kind of a similar thing, had your share of struggles early on in the season, but somewhere in the middle there, it seemed like there was this stretch of four, five, six weeks where you guys just got better every single tournament, um, really down the stretch leading into the conference championships. But what was it for you guys? What were those conversations like with your team? Well, we played a mediocre fall, but on paper, we had the best team that we've ever had. It had been culminating into the seniors, upperclassmen, veteran players, and but paper doesn't win tournaments. And after a mediocre fall, we came out in the spring. Okay, this is you know this is an important tournament down to the Border Olympics in Laredo, playing against you know Texas and A and M, and and we absolutely laid an egg and finished dead last, unexpected. And I, I made sure they were reminded of that. I, I printed out the leaderboard from the tournament and posted it in about 100 places in the clubhouse just so they were reminded of – wasn't casting any blame. I said, hey, we're, we're all in this together. Let's figure this out, why we just had what we did. And the, to their credit, the players had a players-only meeting where they just discussed, hey, how can we change things moving forward? How can we practice differently? How can we think differently? Coaches weren't involved at all. And after that point, it was a gradual buildup. I'm not saying that we came out the next tournament and played great. We, we didn't. But every tournament from that point was a better result, just slowly and steadily uh, arise to uh, culminate in the, in, in the WAC championship is from where we began in February to where we ended up in, in, in May was, was, a, was a big turnaround. Let's talk about the conference championship specifically. This is where you guys differ a little bit. Juan, your guys go into the conference championships, pick to win, dealing with the pressure of – of being picked to win. Tom, your guys go in picked fifth and kind of playing the underdog story. I'm curious what the different conversations were that you were having with your team going into the conference tournament, the conference championships, with with such different expectations according to pre-championship polls. <laughs> From a coaching standpoint, I mean, I, I rode that loss to Lamar in, in the – in the regular season, the whole two weeks before the – I mean, I, I played – I put the guys in an underdog mindset, you know, and all of a sudden, as soon as we started regular season conference play, we were the favorites. They they picked us to be the favorites. We, were, we had the best roster and all that this kind of stuff. And, um, and it showed in that regular season match against Lamar where we, we, we go there and we get beat 5-2. Um, Lamar came out ready to play and, and upset us, and, and we weren't. And going into the championships, we started peaking, and even though we were probably the team that was playing the best, 
at the end of the regular season. Because we had lost to Lamar, we were the number two seed. And I just kind of, I wrote that, I, you know, we're we're not the favorites anymore. And it's Lamar's job to win this. And if y'all are not ready, Lamar's going to win this again. They're playing at home. And uh, so even though we were one of the favorite teams and we had been the favorite team to win it all since the beginning of the, the, the season, I just kind of, I, I didn't pay attention to that. And, and um, you know, it, it was, I think, I think the guys, I kept hearing it during practice, and I think that's why I, I think I remember mentioning this to you either on the way there or, or in one of the times that it was just me and you in the car. Um, I was nervous. I was more nervous about the New Mexico State match than I was about if we ended up in the final because ever since that loss to Lamar, the, I mean, all I kept hearing in our locker room, in the van, in other tournaments, Lamar in the final of the conference tournament, Lamar in the final of the conference tournament. So I, I knew they were ready for that. And I and I think you could tell that on that Sunday, but Saturday is the one that I could tell their mind was already on Sunday and not Saturday. So that's why I was so nervous about that first match. Um, and I kept kind of telling them, "Hey, you can't play Sunday without Saturday," and all those kind of things, and just kind of trying to get at that underdog mentality of like, "Y'all are not favorites to win; you're going to have to prove something now in this tournament." So that that's kind of. Even though we were favorites, I never kind of played that role going into the, the conference tournament. Tom, you guys are picked fifth, got to overcome some some pretty good teams, really. What was it for you guys? Yeah, I I was probably the opposite of one. I've I've got to build my guys up and believe that. I don't think they appreciated being picked fifth. I thought that was a dumb preseason or a, a poll because we had beaten certain teams like a drum for the last two months of, of the season. But the – the elephant in the room, Sam Houston, were 0 for eight years in beating them in anything. So the, the guys knew that that was Grand Canyon's a really good team. We lost to them at their home tournament in March. But we knew that ultimately we've got to get past Sam Houston. So that was that was their focus really throughout the whole spring. And going into the conference championship, we know, hey, we've got to be in this, we've got to be in the last wave with them uh, every round. We've got to match them shot for shot. Unfortunately, we were in position after round one, in position with round two to where we can have that. I'm not saying it turned into match play because it was still pretty bunched up, but you're going that last round with so many teams close, Grand Canyon, Sam Houston. That if we're not in that group, that last group, I'm not, I'm not sure we win because it's you just have to be in, in that uh, where you can see the other player, you can respond to what he's doing. Um, if we were back in the pack like we typically do, I'm not sure we win that. Let's talk about um, kind of the the travel to to respective sites. Tennis, you guys are in Beaumont. Golf is out in Boulder City, Nevada. Um, what's the vibe like? What what What's the ride on the van like down there? Um, Tom, obviously you guys, different experience with an airport, but uh, what what was that like um, sharing in that with with that group for you guys? I'd rather drive than fly. I can tell you that much, but our guys are used to doing that. We have a close knit group. They they knew what the mission was, and especially for the seniors, you don't have to tell them to get motivated for it. They know this is their their last chance at it. So there's it's it's a, there's a quiet confidence, and there's there's good natured ribbing. There's I think there's a calmness. I don't think they're, this is, I mean, the first WAC championship, but they, 
we, they know who they have to beat. They have to beat Sam Houston, and they've played against Sam Houston for the last four or five years of their career. So they knew what the mission was, and they, they knew this, it was a business trip, and so there was a, there was a cool efficiency about it, the travel. So yeah, with us, I mean, it's, most of us is, is driving, and, and that van it, it gets plenty of plenty of use as you you were a part of it. So I, I love that. I I, I think um, the, the tournament format uh, it, it just has a different feel to it, and and the the win or go home type of thing, the surviving that vans, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the guys were ready, and, and everybody was kind of, you know, I could tell even just in the way they prepared, not practice or anything, but, you know, rackets were strung, you know, the day before, and, it, like, everything was, there was no last-minute, you know, thing. It, it, everybody kind of took the time to say, no, nah, this is it, and and then the van was just, you know, basically, it it comes to a point where you're like, all right, let, we need to save some of that energy because it, it it can with my guys, and and part of it is is it starts with me. Uh, I'm they they probably hear the word energy. I don't know how many thousands of times year round, uh, but that is definitely something I I want to be a stamp of our program, and um, they take it to heart. And and we had leaders that that definitely that they that's what they brought in. Uh, like Riley Tran and, 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 you know, now Ben McDonald, even though he's a freshman, he kind of took that role from the beginning and those guys just bring in and everybody just follows. It, it is, it is a pretty, those van rides are pretty fun. Uh, Juan, I want to stay with you here. Um, you guys get the first round by, you beat New Mexico state um, in your first competition there. You get to the championship game against Lamar. They're your only loss all season. They're the number one seed. They're the host school. Um, you guys clinch doubles behind a big point from Riley Tran. Um, knowing how big each of those points are, how big was it for you guys to get that first point? I think that was it. Um, I, I don't. It's hard to know what happens if we don't win that doubles points. Um, that's that doubles point. Um, and and you know talking to. The coach after he told me that he he said we knew if we went, if we won the doubles point we we were gonna be okay but the moment we lost that doubles point I think doubt kind of creeped in on their players um, for me I, I I didn't necessarily put all that much emphasis on winning 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 the doubles point it was more let's do what we do I think that was a big deal uh, the first time we played them I mean, is everybody kind of showed up and it, it was like. We kind of try to be a different team than who we were in the regular season against them. And um, going into that championship game, I, I just I wanted the guys to realize I, there's nothing. It's a final, and you're here because of what you did since that loss to Lamar on. I think everything we kind of found ourselves. We found our doubles lineup, and from then on, everything. I mean, we, you know, um, here at home we host. New Mexico State and Grand Canyon, and we lose one match in those two matches, which shouldn't happen because they're good teams, but it happened because we kind of just got to the point where we felt confident enough to say we're just going to do what we do. We don't have to do anything extra. And, and going into the final, that was kind of what I told him. I said, hey, you got to continue to do what you've done and trust that what you have is good enough um, because 
that's what got you to this point, you know? And yes, in the back of my mind, and I specifically remember a volley that Riley misses at um, 5-4 or 5-3 in, in the in the doubles that I looked over to Brian and I go, if we don't win the title, is because of that volley right there. Luckily, he ends up pulling out two incredible plays after that and makes up for it and more. Um, but I knew the doubles was that important. I just didn't want – I mean, I – I would like to think still we clinch it 4-1, but Sabin was coming back in his match. Danny was coming back in his match. I liked it, and that's why I kind of stayed there. I didn't get to be where the celebration was until later on because I stayed with the other guys thinking no matter what, we got we to gotta stay with this singles. I like to believe we had a team to that even if we lost the doubles point, we can come back and, 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 and win six singles, uh, and we do. We have that roster, but – you have to add pressure and, and the fact that you're playing conference uh, final that the final was there and that doubles point for sure. Tom, um, you you alluded to some of this, but Alex Klaus is the individual leader for the tournament after the first round. Brian Cho comes out in the second round and shoots the best round of anybody in the field. What are you telling your guys going into that third round? You, you start, you're picked fifth. After the first day, you're in third. After the second day, you're in second. And then ultimately, you come home with a trophy. But what are you telling your guys going into that final round, knowing, hey, we're, we're right there in the mix and we're, we're playing with the leaders? I don't think you have to tell them much. They know where <laughs> kids these days, they know everything about every situation where they stand. Uh, it, was, it was all positive. Hey, we are where we need to be. Whether we're in second or third, we're in the last group. And that's, that's where we need to be. Brian... Had a great round. Alex is leading the charge. Really, the question was, do we do we make a switch and substitute six-man for the five-man? And we, we tossed and turned on that a lot. But we kept we kept Logan Diomedia in there as a, as a fifth man, and uh, we figured that, hey, Brian's got to play well the last round for us to win, have a chance to win this thing, and, and Logan needs to have a good round. And and Logan came in very clutch for us, and, and Brian didn't play well. So uh, that was that was crazy that we were able to win with my number one man not you know, not having a not having a great round. But the the message before was just, hey, let's not make this any bigger than it, than it is. We we're where we need to be. We're prepared. We're ready to go. Um, let's let's have a good breakfast and just uh, do what we do, as, as Juan says. We've. We've had a long year. Was we don't need to change anything right now. We, we position ourselves well. Let's just go out and play golf and see where we see where we fall. We're talking with Juan Nunez and Tom Shaw about some whack conference championships. We'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back. You're listening to Convos with the Cats, driven by Texas Ford. Your Texas Ford dealers and the ACU Wildcats know a thing or two about being the best in Texas. They show their stamina and performance to rise above the competition every chance they get. Like with the Ford F-Series, the best-selling truck in America for 43 years and the best-selling truck in Texas. Visit your Texas Ford dealer today or shop online at TexasFord.com to get a great deal on a new Ford F-Series. Ford, an official partner of ACU Athletics. Based on 1977-2019 CY total sales. Wildcat fan season tickets are already on sale for the 2022 football season. 
We've got five home games this fall, and we've got the best fan experience the big country has to offer. Come help us usher in the new era of ACU football by visiting acusports.com tickets or by calling the ACU ticket office at 325-674-CATS. That's 325-674-2287. Welcome back to Convos with the Cats, driven by Texas Ford Dealers. We're sitting down with conference championship winning head coaches Tom Shaw of ACU Men's Golf and Juan Nunez of ACU Men's Tennis. I want to talk about kind of the way both of these championships ended, a little bit different uh, culture maybe with college tennis and college golf. But um, at, at tennis, uh, there's this great photo of, uh, you know, Oswaldo Cano closes it out for you guys and He's celebrating, the team's celebrating behind him. You and Danny are still on the court behind. And, yeah. and I've got Danny with his hands up in the background. Um, in Nevada, uh, in Beaumont, they're, they're dumping Gatorade on Juan. We're trying to find a place for them to <laughs> dump Gatorade so that it's not on the court so that the women can come play after. In Nevada... Um, there's, there's no water left. There's that. no water left. <laughs> Alex Klaus makes this putt to win it. He's getting mobbed by his teammates and has no idea why. Um, and I walked up to you and said, you know, congratulations at conference championship. And the first thing you said to me was, are we sure? Or is that official yet? Are all the numbers in? Um, so walk me through the, the celebration. Uh, you guys, Tom, ultimately were able to, to celebrate once you, once you were able to get comfortable with the final scores being in. Juan, you guys are celebrating right away because you knew immediately. But walk me through the 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 clincher, the the final putt, the celebration, the the environment for the next for you guys. Juan, it felt like maybe a couple hours was just rolled into a few minutes there, and 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 Tom, you guys really got to finally soak it in that night at dinner. But walk me through all of that that final putt, the final point and uh, the celebrations that followed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. With tennis, it's just, it's it's like a pressure cooker. I mean, it's just like, it, it's it's kind of building up the whole match until you hear that one person's got match points or whatever. And it, it can be good and bad as we saw it the day before with New Mexico. Everybody knew Oswaldo was about to clinch it, and then he doesn't. And an hour and a half later, or an hour later, we're still playing. And we're potentially about to not make it to the final. So um, for me, I was keeping a, a close eye on Oswaldo and Cesar because I had a feeling it was going to come down to those two um, as far as if we were going to clinch early, it was going to be on those two. If not, then it was going to come down to Salvin or Danny. So I kind of stood between Salvin and, and, and Danny's court and, and you're kind of keeping an eye on, on that court. And there were a few of the guys on this side. And when Oswaldo goes up 5-3, I kind of send – I sent most of the guys to to there, and I said, hey, y'all just go over there to that court. I stay over here with Danny and, and Sovin, and that's kind of what I did. And I kept hearing the umpire call out the, the score, 15-love and 30-love, and I'm like, my goodness. And there was Tyler left still on, on, on Danny's court, and – I don't. I'm trying to do my best to make sure Danny and Salvin don't really know exactly what's going on there. Because we, if if that doesn't happen, we need these guys to, to, be ready to keep going. And um, 
at some point I t- tell Tyler, hey, and then I hear 40 love, which means Aussie's got four match points. And uh, I, I tell Tyler, hey, you go, you got to go over there to celebrate so that you can celebrate with the guys because Oswaldo's got three match or four match points. And I don't realize Danny had come to pick up a ball that was really close to where I was. So he looks at me, he goes, Aussie's got four match points. And I'm like, yes, but you don't worry about it. Go um, and, and keep playing. And, and Tyler runs over there. And, I mean, it was, I don't know, 30 seconds later. Then, I mean, it just explodes. And, and that's the picture where you see me and Danny with our hands up. And Savin is cramping coming from the four courts down trying to get to the whole thing but he can't get to it and I mean it, it's um like you said it, it, it's a it, two and a half three hour deal comes into two minutes of just madness right and and then it turned into eight hours of madness after that because the whole ride back was just madness but I, I I think for especially for the guys that have been here last year and the year before I mean, we weren't good last year, you know. I mean, we didn't even make the conference tournament. So, it, and for me as well, it was just kind of that release of like we've gone from that and and some of the matches that I mentioned, losing to Corpus six one last year, losing to UTA and UTSA seven zero last year to that moment. And it, that, for me, that's all the things that kind of come. And that for some of the players too. And I I don't I don't realize how much they think about that until. That moment, and I, I remember in one of the conversations I'm having with Riley at that point, he, he's like, dude, how about that? From not making the tournament to this right here, you know? So it, it's it's not just two hours it, for us because of where the program was a year before. I think it was two years of building up to that one moment right there. With golf, you've got live scoring, which is sometimes essential, but uh, I've got my five players sometimes separated by two miles on the golf course. So you're never quite sure what's going on. I don't like to follow it because it kind of stresses me out. But my assistant does. He's he's young. He likes to be on his phone, and he's following everything. But I, I read body language. I just get general vibes, and, and I'm feeling like we're, we're stagnating a little bit. Front nine, I thought we were right in the middle of it, and then felt like we were losing some energy. Guys weren't playing that well. I just saw Grand Canyon making putts. I saw Sam Houston making putts. I thought, I don't see any of our guys making putts. So I, I walked with Alex Klaus, who was vying for the individual win. My thought was, I'm going to make sure he gets the individual win. We're probably going to finish second or third. Let's just make sure Alex ends his senior year on a great note. So I walked with him, and on 16, par 5, Alex sends it into the, the weeds or the trees or whatever, Makes a miraculous par. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe he's still got a chance in the individual title. My assistant texts me and says, hey, things have changed. We need Alex to get in the house. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? I don't hear anything back. So we get on 17 tee, the par three, and my assistant says, we've got a three-shot lead. How did that happen? We were down by four or five just a few minutes ago, probably. I learned that later on. We were down. So I, I just need to get Alex in the house in <clears throat> pars. He makes an incredible six-foot for par on 17. We get up on the 18th hole. I get confirmation from my assistant. We have a three-shot lead. Alex needs to make double bogey or less. I mean, that's, that's the curse right there. You never, you never say that. 
And all this time, I'm not telling Alex anything. I'm because I want him chasing. I want him in chase mode and trying to win. Because for for a lot of players, if you if you say, "Hey, you just got to, you just have to do this," they're gonna maybe only do that and maybe worse. So I, I just know Alex, and I, I know he would be better off trying to trying to win the tournament himself. So, but the wind is kicked up. It's hard. 18th is hard, and he hits it into a bush off the tee. Unplayable. I won't go into too many details, but he, he makes the greatest double bogey he's ever made, and and we win by one. But I'm, he's marked his ball. He's about he's about 30 feet from the hole. The Sam Houston guy is 30 feet from the hole. If the Sam Houston guy makes, we go into a playoff, and Alex puts it up there about two and a half feet. The Sam Houston guy puts it. I mean, it's going it's going right in the middle of the hole and just stops a couple inches short. So I'm thinking, okay, Alex, all you got to do is make this short putt. I don't tell him that. I'm thinking that because I'm off the green. Because I'm, I realize I haven't had water all day, and I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm faint from dehydration or if I can't believe the gravity of what's about to happen here. And you're never quite sure on live scoring anyway. Alex makes his putt, and Alex doesn't know that he, he figures, well, I've probably finished second or third individually, and the team's probably finished the same. And, and then just this rush of his teammates coming down the hill to just lift him off the ground. I mean, it was great to watch that team effort. But I don't want to celebrate and then finally realize, oh, we're in a playoff. Oh, we lost by one. That's, then you look, like a, you look like a dork. So I, I, I raced up the hill to just watch the actual scores being written up on the board, which is kind of the final thing there. And once I started doing my math, I was doing my math at the same time. So I, I figured, hey, we, we won by one. That was, that was when I felt full relief. But the guys had already, in their minds, they already won. And they were celebrating, which was, which was awesome to see. And, uh, and then I realized, well, we just missed our flight. So we're, <laughs> we're going to stay an extra night in, in Boulder City or Las Vegas, um, which wasn't too bad for the guys either. They, they enjoyed that aspect of it. But just to see, and I just, I call it, it was appropriate for kind of like kind of like Juan said for for these for these guys that have given so much to the program for them to experience losing and then winning the conference championship it's it's special for a coach to to watch that um for you guys 800 and something strokes over a few days and it comes down to literally one putt and and the same Houston guy you're talking about didn't miss very many putts the whole weekend so no it's uh yeah, once one shot, but that it, it was a team. I'll say this: it was a team performance. I mean, Brian had an off day, but the other guys backed him up. And so at, at dinner, we're just reflecting on because the other guys have not heard what their teammates did, and so we rehashed it over and over. Did you know that Logan made this? But did you know that Al- it was incredible to to live again hearing each guy talk about what just happened? You guys get back to Abilene. There's banners at your facilities and on the flagpole at the entrance of campus. Um, you're taking pictures with, you know, the theater downtown that says conference champions. You've you've got the big splash page on the website and new Twitter headers and all kinds of things. Um, what was that experience like getting back to Abilene um, for your players? How did they feel uh, seeing the campus and the community support them as conference champions? It was, it was big for us, and and I think probably Juan too, because you know we don't, we don't sell out a ten thousand seat stadium, and very few people come to watch our matches really, uh, m- mostly parents for me, and we're always 
playing road games. So I think for our guys, they finally realized that, hey, they're people are happy about what, what you did. We, we spent a long time watching uh, basketball win, win championships, which is, which is awesome. And, and I think in the back of our guys' heads, like, uh, I would like to experience that. I don't know if we can. And then to see what Juan's team did the week before, I, I, I told the guys, I said, hey, t- you, guys, you guys are friends with 10 guys. They, look what they did. Let, let's do that. It can be done. And I, I, think, uh, I think seeing, seeing tennis do it the week before uh, was really helpful to our guys. Yeah, for us, it's the same. I mean, I think me and Tom are pretty um, – we understand the sports we coach, right? We understand we're not basketball, we're not baseball and, 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 and football. And I think what basketball's done and, and the way we've celebrated them and, and all that, it's it's changed campus already. But for my guys to feel like, oh, they, they'll do that for us too right, type of thing, right? Like, like And I, I, I want to thank – everybody that was in charge of all of that because the way they were covering the way y'all cover that uh, those events and and the social media and 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 the jumbotron thing and i mean the banners all that kind of stuff it it was incredible i i really think my guys were walking a little taller that that whole week um and then you have to reel him back in but I, i think it was a great experience like tom said experience winning um it's something that you hope as a coach, everybody that comes to your program gets to experience for them more so than than for us. But, you know, um, those kids do a lot and put in a lot of work and 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 it was it was incredible. And, and I think um, I mean, I, I just remember, you know, like he said, tennis and golf guys, they, they get along well and we get a lot of the golf guys and come and support us and stuff. But. Our group, our tennis group was going crazy when golf was that final round. Um, somehow some of my players were getting updated, but some of the golf players, I think maybe some of the ones that stayed back. And I just remember they have a three-stroke three, um, um, lead. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I look at my phone, and one of my guys says, Alex just hit it out of bounds or something in the 18th hole and all these kinds of so so what is going on well he's got to make this putt to win and all of a sudden our group takes just goes crazy but um it it was just i think like tom said it, it's it goes beyond that there's people at the university that care and even programs you know everybody's rooting for you i mean i think um i just think back of my phone kind of got disabled there for a while during the celebration. And when I finally got it back, I mean, all the first people, I, I think actually when it finally turned on, I realized it turned on because Zach, our athletic director, was calling me. And I thought that was really cool. Immediately he he he's calling me. But then after that, when I realized all the texts that I had been getting, the first few texts that I got, they were all, our staff, our coaching staff, and and our support staff, and um, for people to be that aware and that they were, it, it's almost like I guess they were getting updated and they were ready for it. And as soon as it happens, boom, you start getting texts from a ton of people. I thought that was just that was just awesome, and, and I, I think it, it's a it's a testament to not just obviously what we did this year, but I think like you said, basketball started it a few years back, and they've kind of rolled with it too. So it was. Uh, 
it, it was really cool for us to get to experience that. Well, it was cool for me to to be there and I'm trying to take pictures and update people on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm getting those texts from, from our staff. Hey, are, are we close? Are we about to actually do this thing? And I'm like, just, just hold on for a minute. You know, like we don't want to say it just yet, but um, obviously you guys uh, come away with conference championships. Uh, you go to regionals one, you guys get to go play at this world-class facility against, you know, the top two or three team in the country in Baylor. Tom, you guys get to go to Stockton, California, finish as a, a top 10 team in the region um, and, and you're getting to play with guys that, you know, your guys have never gotten to play with. But tell me about the, the regional experience and, and what that meant for, for you guys and your programs. It was great for us. Uh, and you, there, we go to so many tournaments, and some are run really well. Some are – you just know you're in for an interesting week. But you go to an NCAA regional, they, they do it right. They put it on there's, – there's volunteers, there's staff, there's officials. You feel like every need is taken care of which as a coach is great. You just worry about playing golf. And so our regional site was, and as every regional site, loaded with great teams. And for us to be able to play with, you know, Oregon, who's, who's a great team, um, our, our guys haven't done that in their, in their four years here. And that's, that's really cool. And to, to know that, hey, okay, maybe we're not quite as good as Oregon, but we, we, don't look like a, we, don't, we don't look like we don't belong here. And so there was a sense that after we finished – with one of the better rounds of the of the day, the third round, that, hey, we can get back here again. And when we get back here, we can finish even better. So that, it was it was a great experience in, in all, all ways. Yeah, the same for us. I mean, Baylor, they do an incredible job, even during the regular season when we go there. It's, it's pretty amazing. But then you get there in a regional fashion and the banners are there and, and just kind of, what they have available for the players. I mean, I, I remember after our first practice, um, you know, we're done with the practice, and I realized on our way out there's a designated area for towels that are just for our guys for the practice. I mean, so A&M's is right next to us and Tulsa's, and they're all empty, and ours were on touch because we don't – you know what I mean? We're not used to having little things like that that are just out there available for us um, and – Again, to be the way tennis does it, where there's 16 regions and there's four teams in each region, um, and to be one of four teams and, and the other three teams are Baylor, Texas A&M, and Tulsa, who arguably has the best facility in the country and one of the best you know, programs, and they host the All-American every year in the fall. You're in that group. You you belong there. You you're one of the last sixty four teams that are that is alive and 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 that is still going. So that alone was just a a really really cool experience for for me and for the guys. And and, and I think once you get to that stage, you, your mind or at least for me starts thinking, okay, how how do we get back here? Like Tom said, and then how can we get to a point that maybe we can avoid this? region right and and it's you start thinking well then our our ranking needs to go up and so that means maybe our scheduling needs to change a little bit and um it gives you a sense of direction as well going forward so definitely an an incredible experience not not how you wanted to go as far as on the court but i i actually thought our guys competed extremely well baylor is just one of those teams that i mean they got guys competing for their davis cup teams in in their countries um so it was gonna. We knew it was gonna be tough, but we competed well, and, and 
probably the most rewarding thing is to have the head referee for the regional come to you at the end of the match and say, man, everybody here has said about, you know, how they're extremely impressed with not just the way your team competed, but also the way they behave. Let me just tell you as a reflection of of what y'all are doing there and, and the fact that y'all are doing it right. And that for me was kind of like, okay, here we go. You know, that that is more rewarding than, than, you know, the conference tournament is extremely rewarding for them. But as a coach, for a head referee to come back and tell you, hey, man, your guys did awesome on and off the court. It was an honor to referee and, and be here with them and y'all are doing it the right way. That was, that was pretty special. I want to talk about a couple of different groups of players first year your seniors one for you guys um riley tran clinches your doubles point he doesn't play singles action but he's still the biggest cheerleader there oswaldo cano closes it out in singles um and tom we, we've talked about alex and, and brian and kind of what they were able to do at the conference championship but uh you, you took jake bay out there you took francisco osio out there how instrumental was this group of seniors for you guys on these championship runs Pretty big for us. These Alex has been here the longest. He's seen our facilities go from, you know, a little bitty chipping green at Diamondback to what we have now. Francisco kind of the same way. But even Jake Bay taking him, Jake not knowing if he's going to play around or not. But if you're not playing, how do you still influence the team in a positive direction? And Jake was one of our biggest cheerleaders and and said, hey, what, what can I do to help you out, coach? I, you know, I assigned him to a, a different guy each day to help keep his energy up and can keep the momentum going, and, and Jake didn't, uh, didn't bat an eye on that. So we're going to have a huge loss of, of great seniors. Um, Alec Wilson is in that group too. So uh, they have established a standard that has, hasn't been seen here since the, since the D2 days. And so the, the new guys are going to have to fill some big shoes that the seniors left. Same for us. I mean, we're a very young team. I have a lot of talent, freshman, sophomore class. Um, but the impact, Riley and Oswaldo, Oswaldo is different. He he just does it because he goes about his business probably better than anybody. I mean, it, it's like, my goodness, that dude, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, from a hydration standpoint, from a organization standpoint discipline like the dude just does he's not a very loud guy um but everybody i mean he never had a bad practice i, I can literally tell you for two years that did not that dude got did not have a bad practice at all it, it, it was incredible um and riley is very similar um but he's more of a vocal leader as well and, and you know you know somebody is ready to 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 be a part of a team and to lead a team where he's a senior he could very easily have an argument to play six in the singles lineup um i had two other guys that were very close with him as far as level goes and i gave it to the other guys at times a freshman and ben mcdonald oswaldo finally kind of established himself at the number six as a senior but riley had every you know, argument to say, hey, you know, but his energy from the bench was just so key all year long. Um, 
doubles is a sprint. Everything is energy happens in 20, 30 minutes at times, and you're done with all three doubles that we didn't need him on the court there. But then going into singles, I needed that energy to continue to 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 come from the bench and to be behind somebody's court if needed. And that's what he provided. He never once asked me anything. He never once questioned anything. He was ready to go and he was going to do it every single time. And um, we have the guys that could turn into that starting next year. Is I hope they realize it's got to happen as soon as August comes around because Riley's not going to be there. And it, 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 it was easy. Even as a coach, to have somebody like Riley and Oswaldo as your seniors, it was easy to at times say, okay, well, they're going to take care of it because they did. Um, this year, really excited, lots of talent, bringing all of our guys at the top of the lineup back. But there's that you know, big um, leadership question mark there that we have the guys to do it. It's just are they ready to take, take on that too? Juan, you uh, jumping ahead of me a little bit. Let's talk about the guys coming back. Obviously, for you, you have Daniel Morozov and Dario Komet that, you know, were pretty much your one-two punch for for the bulk of the season. And then, Tom, you've got, you know, Zane Heisel and Logan Diomedi that now have this conference championship experience. What's next for Wildcat tennis and Wildcat golf? I think for those guys, I mean, having those guys and, and so early freshman, sophomore guys and, and for us to have gotten a championship with them at the number one and two position uh, – for one, it's it's key, and then having I'll, I'll throw I'll be honest I'll throw Cesar there um, being another freshman that lost one match out of his last twelve matches. Um, he won eleven out of his last twelve, and, and only dropping one set, I believe. And that kid, you know, all those three of those guys become a very important core to. For me, even as a coach, as far as recruiting, I mean, when when kids are looking at your roster now and they realize if I go there, we're just gonna that team is just gonna be that much better, um, and and that's that's kind of what I try to 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 tell some of these recruits too is is having those guys for three or four more year, or two three more years, it, it's. Um, our roster, our program, everything becomes more attractive to to everybody, you know. And 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 then again, um, to have them experience success that early is is kind of um, you have two or three more years of their playing for something that they've already been a part of, um, and, and they can really play. And I think it showed already because some of those guys, they're freshmen, sophomore, but they completed competed so much internationally. They were so experienced that you saw the calmness Dario had in the conference final. I mean, it was like he was more nervous in the semifinals than he was in the finals. And 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 same with Danny and and Cesar. You know, those guys have been a part of some of that. Uh, uh, those matches, they they played big matches in their careers already. Um, that it showed, and for them to then do this at the collegiate level, their first year, it's kind of like it's hard not to get excited and looking ahead, but. It just it gives you something to build around for sure. Alex has been the mother hen for us. I think for five years he just he he's like a an extension of of me as a as kind of a player coach. The guys just go to him and know he's going to have an answer. So we'll lose a lot there. Brian's really our player of the year. We'll lose something there. Francisco's been a mainstay in our lineup for 
four years. We're going to miss that. Uh, Alec Wilson and Jake Bay are incredible leaders in the weight room and academics. There's there's a hole there. So we've got a we lose five guys and but we have four new ones coming in that are probably our most talented recruiting class that we've ever had. Two from France, two from Texas. So these guys are going to be called upon from day one to. Hey, I, I don't expect you to be the kind of leader that Alex Klaus was immediately, but you, you're not your typical freshman. There's there, there's a role for you here. There's a responsibility on you to to not carry the clipboard and and learn your spot for a, a year or two. You, uh, I'm asking you to be ready right away when you come in here. So, but they're they're good character kids, so they're they're gonna uh, I think embrace that and and flourish in that role. But a lot of us on Zane and Logan, who's who've been here a long time, and they know. They know what the deal is. The culture has been established. It's it's their job to to continue that and and improve upon it. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for stopping by and being on the show and 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 giving us a, an inside look at what these championships look like for your teams. And uh, my hope is that as as we get deeper into our time in the WAC, that we get to talk about more championships. But you guys are are the pioneers, and and your programs have have really taken ACU athletics to to heights that they've they've never seen before. And so I want to thank you guys for stopping in to talk about that. And uh, congratulations uh, once again on, on your conference championships. And, and hopefully we're sitting here a spring from now doing this all again. So thank you guys for stopping yeah. by. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. I want to give one more thank you today to our two guests, head men's golf coach Tom Shaw and director of tennis Juan Nunez. Congratulations, guys, once again on your conference titles. Thanks for stopping by, and thank you for listening to Convos with the Cats, driven by Texas Ford dealers. Your Texas Ford dealers and the ACU Wildcats know a thing or two about being the best in Texas. They show their stamina and performance to rise above the competition every chance they get. Like with the Ford F-Series, the best-selling truck in America for 43 years and the best-selling truck in Texas. Visit your Texas Ford dealer today or shop online at TexasFord.com to get a great deal on a new Ford F-Series. Ford, an official partner of ACU Athletics. Based on 1977-2019 CY Total Sales. Wildcat fans, season tickets are already on sale for the 2022 football season. We've got five home games this fall, and we've got the best fan experience the big country has to offer. Come help us usher in the new era of ACU football by visiting acusports.com tickets or by calling the ACU ticket office at 325-674-CATS. That's 325-674-2287.